Hope you're all doing well and didn't miss me too much. This is Pastor CJ, and I am back from the Southern Baptist Convention in Louisiana at the New Orleans Convention Center. Uh, we had an amazing week there, very encouraging, very exciting things going on, and also, to be honest, some heavy things that I think are still going to need some prayer and some uh, some concern from our churches. But overall, like I said, very encouraging. There were so many people there. And actually, there was about 18,000 last I heard in attendance at this convention. 18,000 people gathered together in a room. Singing is pretty incredible. I would definitely recommend trying to experience that if you ever have the opportunity. Uh, There were about 12,700 church messengers, which are people who have the ability to vote on things as representatives of the local church, which I think is one of the strengths of the Southern Baptist Convention that they have this opportunity for each church to have a voice in what's happening in the greater convention. Now, I do have some notes here to help keep me on track, so if you will uh, bear with me as I glance down and look at these, they are just there so that I make sure I don't forget any of the important things that happened. So I figured uh, for this little update, we would start with the good things, the exciting things, the things that we really are about, that we like to celebrate as Baptists. And the first is that the North American Mission Board which is the church planting wing of the Southern Baptist Convention, has planted over 10,000 churches since 2010. Now, that's an incredible number, and what I was encouraged by is that they reported they've actually changed the way in which they count what a church plant consists of, what what constitutes a new church. And so they said that if they had continued using the old method pre-2010, that this number would be much, much higher but they're being a little bit more selective as what counts as a church. And I think that that's a great thing because it's not always just a Bible study happening in somebody's room or somebody's living room. And a church can start that way, but they're being more selective about it. So they said about 10,000 churches since 2010 have been planted, Southern Baptist churches, with, get this, this is really encouraging, an 80% survival rate by year four for church plants. So they are investing more in the church planters. They're helping them um, with their income. They're helping them with uh, things like health insurance. There's better training happening. There's better support systems for the people that are going out and actually making this happen. So really good things happening there. I was very encouraged. Um, The International Mission Board, which is the International Missions Wing of the Southern Baptist Convention, this was really exciting, and this is really what it's all about, right? We had 79 new missionaries that were commissioned during the convention while I was there, and we got to see each one of them brought up on stage, each one of them prayed for, each one of them got to say something about the mission field that they were hoping to head into very shortly after the convention, and what was amazing about this is that it wasn't all just um, it wasn't all just young families that were leaving. 
there was actually a pair of grandparents, I think they were in their 60s or 70s, that feel called back to the mission field after being home for some time. So they're actually leaving behind grandkids and family and friends and a church family because they're being faithful to God's call in this season of their life. So that was pretty emotional to watch that. But then they were also college kids. Uh, they were, they were you know, either in college or fresh out of college. They have no families uh, of their own, you know, no spouse, no children, and they're just pursuing God with all that they have. And that was so inspiring and encouraging to see. And then there was actually uh, people that were going to such um, dangerous places on mission that they were going to be uh, brought up on stage. And this is what they did. They brought them up on stage and they hid them behind a white sheet and they just casted a silhouette with a light behind them onto the white sheet. So we couldn't see their faces. Um, we really, I'm not even sure that we actually know their names, but they are being so faithful to God's call on their life that they're willing to go to a place where they might lose their life for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of mission. And it was incredible to be a part of commissioning these missionaries. So that was a really, really encouraging time. Uh, something else that happened that is uh, definitely worth noting is that Bart Barber won a second year as the SBC president. Now, I don't know that much about Bart Barber, but I will tell you that my impression of him at the convention was very good. I believe that he moderated with skill, uh, but also with grace and kindness in some very difficult conversations and situations. Um, I believe that uh, I, I think that his leadership has been very good over the last year. We don't see any kind of crazy controversies. You don't see anyone leveraging any kind of uh, weird accusations against him. He seems to be overall just a really good guy and a really good pastor. Here's a couple of things that I learned about him. He's from Farmersville, Texas. Um, something else that's interesting and sad is that I believe his mom passed away a day or two before the convention actually started, and he stayed. He didn't have to because there is a vice president. He could have gone home and left the moderation to the convention to the vice president, but he didn't. He stayed, and he pushed through, and I think he handled that really well, and he showed some really excellent leadership qualities in that moment. Uh, something else that he pastors a church of about 300 so he's not just a mega church pastor that was thrown into a position because of, you know, crazy numbers that were happening at his church. He's a faithful pastor who's been at the same church for a couple of decades and just loves those people and serves the Lord faithfully. And I think that that has just been um, just a really great example of his kind of leadership. And I think it's good for the convention. Now, next, we'll get into some of the heavy stuff. Uh, in 2022, at the last convention, obviously, I was not there for that one, um, there was a sex abuse task force that was formed. And uh, like I said, this was established a year ago. So they've had a year to work on the things that they were tasked with. Uh, and I'm not going to put all of the details in this video, but I can help you find those reports if you do want all of the details. But I'll say this, um, they discovered disturbing numbers of sexual abuse victims within the SBC. Um, and they found these victims to be credible in their stories. Um, they found disturbing numbers of uh, sexual abusers in the SBC, which is very, very concerning, very tragic. Um, they've worked really hard over the last year to bring voices to these victims to help them get their stories out and to help 
bring some kind of justice to these situations. And they are also doing some practical things, which I think are really important for the convention at this time. And one of those is they, they've worked really hard to develop a database, like a website, that lists offending church leaders so that they cannot simply, you know, disappear from one church, get fired, and reappear in another without some sort of accountability. And there's a whole lot that goes into that, and there's a lot of checks and balances, so it's not just anyone getting their name thrown on the database. They're working with lawyers and law enforcement, and it's a really, from what I can tell, a really good thing that is happening, a needed thing that is happening so uh, I would ask you and White Sulphur as a church to just keep that situation in prayer, that we would be praying for the victims, um, that we would be praying for justice when it comes to the offenders, that we would be praying for protection for our churches. Because like they said at the convention, our churches should be the absolute safest place in the world for anybody, especially our children. And so let's keep the situation in prayer and and let's uh, pursue justice as a church locally, but also as a convention collectively. Now, the next thing, again, some heavy stuff that came up during the convention is that three churches were disfellowshipped from the convention. And uh, what I learned is that this, this is actually historic, that typically churches that um, end up disagreeing with the convention doctrinally or theologically, they just simply remove themselves from the convention. The difference here is that these churches were in disagreement with the Baptist faith and message of 2000, and instead of saying, we actually disagree with the statement of faith, we think we should go somewhere else, they were asking everyone else in the convention to change their doctrine and theology along with them, and that's where the conflict arose. So like I said, two churches were disfellowshipped. Um, uh, two of those, sorry, three churches were disfellowshipped. Two churches were disfellowshipped because they were uh, ordaining women as pastors or elders or overseers, and uh, that's in direct contradiction to the Baptist faith and message. So they were found to be not in friendly cooperation with the rest of the convention. Now, another church knowingly hired a, um, a man and called him as a pastor that had a history of, of sexual abuse in the churches, and that was a big problem because they knowingly did that, and then when the executive committee or the credentials committee reached out to them, they ignored those attempts for contact uh, to help fix the situation over and over and over, and there was plenty of evidence and paper trails to prove this. And so the messengers upheld the credentials committee decisions to disfellowship those three churches um, really in landslide votes in the 80 and 90 percentiles. One thing that uh, Bart Barber said, the president of the SBC during this time when we were voting on these things, I think that he really um, demonstrated leadership in this moment. So before the votes came back, the results of the votes, he said, there are times um, when it is biblically right to divorce. And he said uh, that we will walk people through those times. And, and then he said, and yet you will never see us throw a divorce party. That when uh, a church is disfellowshipped, that's a sad thing, that this is a bad thing, that we wish this wouldn't happen, that this is a moment of heaviness, this isn't a moment to celebrate, that someone got kicked out of the convention, that someone got disfellowshipped. And so when those votes came back in, in that moment, the room with 18,000 people in it was overall quiet. It was somber. It was sad that this had to take place. And I was really 
um, impressed again with President Barber in those moments of leadership. Now, one more thing uh, that happened is kind of along these same lines. So there was an amendment to the Baptist faith and message of 2000. The messengers voted to bring back language from the Baptist faith and message of 1925 in regard to the two offices of the church. Now, I'm going to try and break this down so that it's easy to follow. Originally, before the convention in Louisiana, the Baptist faith and message of 2000 stated that the only two offices in a church are that of pastor and deacon. And I want to be clear, this has not changed. Okay, that's not what the amendment changes. In fact, the amendment simply acknowledges that the words for pastor, elder, overseer are used interchangeably in the New Testament. So we still affirm there are only two offices in the local church, that is pastor and deacon. All we're saying in this amendment is that these other words, such as elder and overseer, are used for the same office describing a pastor. So this is nothing new. This is something that was in our Confession of Faith back in 1925, and that has just simply been brought back to the current one to, to uh, help with clarity. I was really encouraged by the convention in Louisiana. A couple of takeaways is one, that I believe the Southern Baptist Convention is in no way uh, drifting towards liberalism. I think that we took conservative stands on multiple issues in unity, and that was really encouraging. And also, I believe that the desire that I saw there for doctrinal clarity is also really encouraging, because I think the greater the clarity of our doctrine, the greater, the greater unity that we're going to have as we pursue mission. But those two things have to go together. They're not, um, they're not something that can be separated from each other, that we have to be united on our doctrine and our mission. And what I see, even as we do it imperfectly, is Southern Baptists pursuing those things. And so there might be some stumbles along the way. There might be some mistakes that happen along the way, and we might have to um, work through those things. But overall, the great desire for unity, clarity, and mission that I saw at the Southern Baptist Convention in 2023 is extremely encouraging. In fact, learning about things like the North American Mission Board and the uh, International Mission Board was really encouraging to me because as a small church, right, that we are as White Sulphur Baptists, sometimes it can feel like, man, what are we doing in the world? How are we having an impact in the world, but as we continue to give to things like the cooperative program, as we continue to have special offerings um, that support those church planting uh, initiatives and those uh, mission work around the world, that is how we are having an impact even as a small church. I really believe that we're better together, that we're stronger together. It is um, distinctly Baptist to be in association with other autonomous churches. And so I'm encouraged. I, I want us to rally around this idea that, that we are making a difference in the world, even as a small local congregation in Georgetown, Kentucky, that there's still work that is being done, um, that we're in partnership with other churches that are like-minded, um, that have the same values as us, that are committed to the same doctrine as us, that uh, we are not alone in this world, that we are working together with other faithful saints, some that we've never even met before and some that we have met. Uh, I, one of the things that I found extremely encouraging when I was down there is that I got to see so many pastors from our local area, from our local network, um, from like Cedar Grove and from Safe Harbor Baptist in Georgetown. And that was just so encouraging that right here in town, 
uh, we have faithful ministers at many different churches that are on uh, this great commission mission right here in our communities. And we have a chance to work shoulder to shoulder with these other saints and these other churches. And so I'm excited about the future, not just of White Sulphur, which I am very excited about that, but also of our convention. I think that we're preparing something that is beautiful. I think that we're building something that is strong and that we can hand down to another generation of Baptists that come after us, that we'll be handing them a good, healthy convention that is equipped uh, both doctrinally and practically to reach the world for Christ. And that's really what it's all about. So this is my uh, short report on the things that were the highlights of the Southern Baptist Convention in Louisiana this year. Uh, if you have any further questions, absolutely feel free to reach out to me. Um, and I can direct you to the book of reports or anything else that you would like some more information on. But I hope you found this helpful. I don't want to drag it on too long because I know uh, reports are not always the most fun thing. So thank you for taking the time to listen. Thank you for being faithful with your giving so we can support these initiatives. And thank you for uh, being a faithful member of White Sulphur Baptist Church in Georgetown, Kentucky. If they have persecuted me, he says, they will persecute you also. One writer said it well. If the world had nothing better than a cross for Jesus, you should not expect them to give royal chariots to his followers. We will face persecution. Yeah.